and felt a call to full-time ministry and actually came on staff at the church in Louisiana where I got saved and that church just um, changed my life and I wanted to be a part of life changing other people in our community and so had an opportunity to do that came on staff kind of helping in a lot of different areas um, athletic ministry Everybody. Welcome back to the Social Media Church Podcast. My name is Aaron, and I'm here today with one of our two co-hosts, DK Hammond. I need to come up with like some uh, nicknames, but for today, DK, you're going to be the resident Laker fan uh, that hasn't existed on this podcast <laughs> since Jay Cranda left. Uh, and so for all of you that really liked the fact that Jay repped the Lakers, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see DK's hat that looks very eerily similar to Jay Cranda's hat that he would always wear on the podcast. Lakers have a massive playoff game tonight. Uh, we're pulling for them. DK, happy you're here, man. God bless you, and God bless the LA Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Nils, Nils isn't here to defend himself, uh, but for me and Nils, uh, the Blazers and the Spurs are not in the playoffs. Uh, so I personally am pulling for the Lakers. I got a bunch of friends, uh, in Southern California that are, uh, repping the Lakers tonight, but today on the podcast, we are excited to invite a Southern California, one of our new friends, uh, for DK and I to the podcast also works closely with Jay. And if you haven't met Sally Gilroy, we are so excited to introduce you to her. And, and honestly for DK and I, uh, this being our first conversation with her, we are excited to learn alongside you all of the incredible things that Sally has done in her career, what she's up to lately, and a really awesome document that she put. I call it a document. My goodness, it's a book. It's a book that she a put document. together Yay. on YouTube. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, DK. Excuse me. Uh, an ebook, and, and and it's it's not that you know ten page ebook. This is a full oh, no. on you know, thesis, master's, doctorate level. Okay, uh, not that much. Yeah, okay, we're, I'm trying to hype this thing up. But, but for real, though, it is it is in-depth, and it's on a subject yeah. matter that could not be more important. It's been Indeed. important since the early 2000s, and it is still just as important and, in some ways, just as unexplored uh, today here in 2023, and that is everything on YouTube strategy. Before we jump into that, Sally, we're so glad you're here. Would you be so kind as to introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Aaron and DK. I'm so glad to be with you guys and get to spend some time with you and, um, with your audience. And yeah, so I am originally from Louisiana, so kind of close to the Texas border with you guys. And, um, I actually was a high school basketball coach and taught teacher and then um, started coaching in college, coached at McNeese State University and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette and had an opportunity to play in, or coach in two NCAA tournaments. So not the NBA playoffs wow. or anything, but NCAA tournaments. Oh, OSU. Okay. Um, is that the Ohio State or Oklahoma State? Uh, it's Oklahoma State today, but okay. I wear Ohio State tomorrow, baby. I love it. Oh, I yeah. love it. And then I'd be well, remiss no. if we didn't mention the other OSU, the realist OSU, oh, Oregon State University. Uh, the Beavers. Um, my alumni. Yeah. Oh, Beavers. Uh, anyways, anyways. That's had, had funny. To throw that in. 
Sally That's Clinton. funny. Yeah, so no, I was coaching college basketball, had an opportunity to coach in a couple of NCAA tournaments in 2012 wow. and 2011 and um, ended up coaching at University of Louisiana at Lafayette, which is my alma mater. And then really just kind of felt like the Lord started stirring some things up in my heart of, um, and felt the call to full-time ministry and actually came on staff at the church in Louisiana where I got saved and that church wow. just... Um, changed my life and I wanted to be a part of life change and other people in our community. And so had an opportunity to do that, came on staff, kind of helping in a lot of different areas, um, athletic ministry and things like that. And then I'm sure like many of the listeners can relate. Um, you know, a few months later, the youth pastor quits. Our pastor came to us and said, you guys are already working with students in the sports yep. thing. Why don't you take over the youth as well? So we did that and we had a great team and ended up doing that also in the college ministry, did some outreach. And then he came to me one day and said, Hey, you know, we'd love, we, our creative director is leaving. And that was like the creative department, production, communications, all that kind of stuff. And he said, we'd love for you to do that. And I remember going, I have, I've never done this. I have no interest in this. I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. I'm so clueless. And I'll never forget the words he said. He was like, they have a great team. They're skilled. They just need a coach to bring them together. Um, and so I said, okay, sure, um, I'll do that. And so took over that team and just fell in love with it, fell in love with church communications and church creative processes and being able to be a part of like so many things that touch the church and just really an opportunity to share things that um, can show Jesus to people in so many different ways. Yeah. And then um, in 2020, um, the the campus pastor at our broadcast location where I was, he um, he became the senior pastor at Times Square Church in New York City. Wow. And um, I had a great relationship with him and his family and just kind of began to pray and felt like the Lord was kind of calling me to go to New York um, with him and help him get started there. And so went there and again, we had a great team. A few of our team from Louisiana came with us and um, we loved it. We were, a, I mean, it was just a great church, New York City, obviously great city, um, okay. a great opportunity to reach so many lost people in that city. Um, and then kind of, I guess, end of 2022 or so, just really kind of felt like the Lord was stirring some new things. I had been working with some churches and helping churches do some different things. And so started doing some consulting and coaching and um did that while I was doing that um, coaching and consulting had a little more free time than I did when I was on a church staff. And so I realized right. there was such a need for, as I'm talking to these churches of like, just help with YouTube and help with digital things. And so that's why I kind of wrote this resource to help churches. Um, and so just doing that and, and loved it and had a great chance to meet, talk to so many churches, but really felt like the Lord was stirring something inside of me of, you know, the local church is my home. It's a, uh, uh, my pastor used to say this about his own life, and I've kind of taken it on my own, is Jesus saved my soul, but the church saved my life. And Man. that's so really felt the call and the stir to kind of get back into a local church and building teams and being a part of that. And so I had a great opportunity here. It um, just joined the team at Saddleback um, not too long ago. And so I'm here in Southern California now, and I went East Coast to West Coast. Nice. Um, and I have an opportunity, I get to lead up the co communications team here at Saddleback and wow. um, it's incredible. It's been an incredible time and I'm just very, very grateful to be here with some awesome people. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I am. That's how I got to where I am today. Man, Sally, thank you for sharing. Uh, so, so many things that I personally want to ask <laughs> you about, uh, 
collegiate sports coaching. Uh, yeah. I am curious, what what was the organization that you were working with? Was it like FCA or what was what was the Christian athlete organization you were working with? So when I so when I left coaching, I was I mean I was the associate head coach recruiting. I mean I was a full on coach, and then when I went work on staff at the church, we actually began an athletic ministry at our nice. church. Um, the year before they had started one, um, the New Orleans Saints uh, won the Super Bowl in 2009, our claim to fame. And the guy who recovered the onside kick, his name was Chris Reese. Um, he was a safety from Georgia yeah. Tech. He recovered the kick um, and he came speak at our church. And wow. I don't remember the year, just kind of telling his story of what God had done. And so our pastor just has an anointing for seeing a call, God's call right. on people's life and went to him and said, hey, we'd love for you to join our team and start an athletic ministry. So Pastor Chris started that athletic ministry at the church um, before I came on. And then when I left coaching, I just kind of came up alongside of him and he did the guy's sports and I did the women's sports kind of in our awesome. area. Yeah. Man, that's so cool. That's that's awesome. Now, Sally, thank you for the, the lovely introduction of yourself. I did my homework. I said she came from university in Louisiana. Tell us how you feel. At LSU won the championship. What you do you know what? I am so happy for them. I like LSU. Uh, if you're from Louisiana, you know, if I say I don't like LSU, I'm going to get some hate emails right. and some <laughs> prank calls and some mean text and a bunch of stuff. So I am happy. You're safe and, in you Southern know, California, speak your yeah, truth, Sally. Speak your truth. Yeah, that's true. I'm far away. They can't get me here. That's um, right. So, but no, I'm, I mean, I've had an opportunity to visit with Kim Mulkey before and their entire Love team. That. Bob Starkey is the associate head coach. And I'll tell you this, that is a great example. When I was, I remember I was 22 years old and became the head coach of a high, of our high school program. I was so clueless, had no idea what I was doing. And Bob Starkey was a coach wow. at LSU at the time, um, uh, assistant coach. And I remember reaching out to him just going, Hey, I'm so, I mean, I'm, I'm so clueless to know he shouldn't be answering my emails and talking to me, but I did it anyway. And I will never forget his kindness and generosity to, he invited me to go and watch LSU practice. And he was always available to me my entire coaching career. And, and, you know, people like that have taught me. I mean, it's the same thing in church and ministry. It's, those are the types of people that are so generous and they just, they generally yep. want to help. There was nothing in it for Bob helping a 22 year old high school basketball coach. I didn't have any players LSU was going to recruit. He just, he just cared about making our sport and our, and making me better. And I'll never forget that. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for them. So go Tigers. <laughs> that's right. Go, go Tigers. And, and that's DK, I'm gonna let you jump back in uh, and ask you, ask your follow-ups because I know you got them, but I, this is, these are the opportunities, Sally, that I never want to miss. Uh, it takes nothing to send an email, to send a DM to it. And it's, by the way, uh, for everyone listening, it's never been easier to do that. And there's three people that you're listening to their voices right now that will respond to a DM uh, right. on Twitter, Instagram, That's if right. you uh, email us, any of those things. Um, but, uh, I, I think I, I'm going to raise my camera up here for those of you watching on, uh, YouTube got my little Michael squat squat. Oh my goodness. My Michael Scott <laughs> quote up here. Uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Shots you don't Wayne take. Gretzky, right. Michael Scott. Um, and that's just, it's amazing to me, Sally, how many people don't do that. And so thank you for sharing this is not even what we're going to cover today, but every time it's brought up and someone like that coach is, uh, that posture is shared. Uh, it's a great reminder to people, um, that the three of us on this call, Nils would be the same, has the same posture. 
And um, I, a lot of the reason I got where I got is because I've sent a few of those DMs in my life. And it's uh, sometimes yeah. you know that who you're talking to. In your case, you didn't. And sometimes you don't know. Um, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and there are those people out there. So I just, good good reminder to all of our listeners, send that DM or that email. That's right. Because uh, you never That's know right. what's going to come on the other side of that. Yeah, send, send it with some sense. Don't be trying to come to DMs for clowns. <laughs> That's right. But anyway, <laughs> thank you guys again for joining the social media search. I'll be gay Hammond, Aaron, and we have a lovely guest, Sally, and she's talking about her passion as, as it relates to community leadership, local church, being a creative, building teams, and now she's the communications director at Saddleback Church. So let's get right into it, right? Your claim to fame right now is this. 85 plus page dossier about YouTube. Now, you know, these church people don't necessarily like having to do this YouTube work. Kind of give us some introductory stuff of what we could do as it relates to engaging with YouTube, being a part of a church body. Yeah, DK, you're absolutely right. I think sometimes when people see YouTube, it's like, it's so scary, it's so big. There's hey. nothing. We, we we don't have a team or we don't have the cameras. We don't have the people, well, all well, of that. Everybody's already there. There's no point. Everybody's already, already there. Right. There's no That's point. That's right. That's Thank right. You. No, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I as as I was talking to churches just the last few months and thinking through this, I'm, I'm go, I, what I did was I wanted to just show people that it's accessible. It's just like I was able to find Bob through a DM. You can do things, you know, simple things without a big budget, without a big staff. And I mean, YouTube is the second largest search engine behind Google and That's Google it. actually owns YouTube. So guess what? They're, they're going to continue to lift up. They're not competing with YouTube. Um, sure. They want YouTube to succeed. And so I think for me is there's no difference um, before the internet, before all of that, you know, if you walk into a store or a coffee shop or whatever, you're going to communicate. You're going to share the gospel with people. If you see somebody hurting, if some if you're talking to someone who lost a loved one, you're gonna you're gonna help them. You're gonna share the gospel with them. What, whatever you whatever your normal cadence is with that, and you have that same opportunity on YouTube. And in fact, mm -hmm. you don't even have to be face to face with the person, which means you can reach yeah. such a broader audience. Um, and people are asking these questions like. Just because you don't see the hurting person or they don't come to your church doesn't mean they're not there. And so to me, the greatest thing that we can do through YouTube, more important than posting your sermons, more important than posting cool YouTube clips and shorts and sermon snippets and all that, to me, it's an opportunity um, to answer people's faith questions. You know, um, I'll have to give you this last week, a few weeks ago. So I'm in California now and I have a car now. And I didn't have a car in New York City. So if you see me driving in California, watch out. You used uh -oh, to, yeah, I was gonna say, you used to remember. Yeah, okay. It's a, it's a touch and go sometimes. So be careful if you see me. But um, so I have a car down and the trunk would not open. And I'm like so frustrated because I'm trying to put groceries in and I'm moving and doing all this stuff. And so my first thing that I did was pull out this cell phone and go on YouTube, nice. how to, you know, how to get trunk that is stuck, put my car model in. And I got like a hundred videos of how mm -hmm. to do it. And guess what? Within two minutes, I solved the problem without having to go to a mechanic, without having to go. And as a church, we have an opportunity to do the same thing. People are asking questions about faith. 
And if we think that they're going to show up at our church right. so that they can hear our expertise to answer their questions, sorry, that's wrong. They're not going to do that. The days of turning on the lights and people coming to church because it's Christmas or Easter or Mother's Day, those days are over. We live in a, and maybe, maybe not fully there yet, but if we're not there yet, we're close to a post-Christian world. And so that's right. all we're doing is we're going to meet people right where they are. That's what Paul did. That's what Paul did all through the New Testament. And so I think, you know, the greatest thing on YouTube is let's find out the questions people are are asking. You know, who is Jesus? Why do I want to follow Jesus? How do I, what is, you know, why does good, th why does bad things happen to good people? All of the, all of the questions people have had for hundreds of years, we have an opportunity. Pastors, church leaders, grab this cell phone, record yourself in your car while you're dropping your kids off at school and share, you know, whatever you read in your own devotional that time. Share an answer to a question people are asking and post it. You don't need a four camera setup and lighting and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's all right here, right here in our cell phones. I have a follow-up question to that, Sally. Yeah. And here it is, you just said it in, I think people, another one of the things, obstacles that we need to overcome is the fact that some of us feel like we don't have the resources to produce. You just said very eloquently that a person can pull out their cell phone and instantly answer the faith question to people on YouTube in a very quick manner, right? And so I think that's really, really dope to understand. You don't need a $10,000 setup to simply get the message, love and hope of Jesus Christ out yeah. to people. And I, I salute you for, for sharing that. I'll yeah, pitch you back to you, Aaron. Well, you know, the, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but yeah. um, this is apparently I read an article the other day that there's more horsepower in this cell phone than in the first NASA spaceship. <laughs> you know, like it's wow. just it's, it, that's, that's crazy. Actually, technology has come. So, but it makes sense because I mean the NASA like that that was all staged anyway. So I think it was just cardboard. I think right the moonlighting <laughs> or whatever. Uh, that's not this podcast, but that's it could be. Tune in, tune in to DK. <laughs> DK and I are going to launch a different podcast. Sally, we first. Oh yeah. Uh, that that is crazy though. That is crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we we don't give the cell phone enough credit. And I and I, what? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Sally. We I I have speculations. What? Why do you think we're still missing what you just said? How much power uh, is is in our pockets? What, what? Why are we still missing that? That's good. You know, Aaron, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure of this, but what I've found is I think people are oftentimes, and myself included, we're oftentimes scared of things that we don't understand. You know, um, and think about it. People who don't understand Jesus, they're scared of church. They are um, yeah. maybe past experiences. And I think sure. all of us are the same way. We don't if we don't fully understand something, then sometimes we're scared to start it. But, you know, I mean, there's so many biblical examples we could talk about of like when yeah. people took that first step where God God just meets you every single time. And um, yeah. we, we know that we we preach that we share that say yes, you know. Our job is obedience. God's job is results. We, we preach it. We talk about it. But sometimes I think we're hesitant to do it in our own lives. So to me, I yeah. think it's just sometimes it's a fear and maybe a fear of failure of like, what if I try this and it doesn't work and I look yeah. silly and it's so it's so complicated. Um, so, yeah, I would just encourage people 
um, you know, I have a value with our team that we make mistakes. We just don't continue to keep making the same ones. And yeah. so uh-huh. um, that would be my encouragement is try things. And if it's, you know, you try it 10 times and it's not working, then yeah, like change your strategy. But that's right. That's there's right. There's no harm in trying. Okay. I know you're thinking this because I'm thinking it. We had an episode release recently titled Holy Scared. Uh, and I, I, I think that there is a couple people that are listening to this podcast that know that this is what they should be doing, uh, and need yeah. to step into that. Holy scared. Go listen to that episode. Jason Romano. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance, Sally, to meet Jason. Um, yeah. Jason is a former ESPN, uh, radio producer. Um, and he talked about that stepping into, stepping into those things, a little bit of a different context, but holy scared applies to a lot of different things. But I, I think, yeah. I think what you said is right. And, and that that fear can um, lead us to not try things. And so I do want to get into some practical steps of, because you've been to many different churches and helped people start from ground zero. In this case, you're not starting from ground zero at Saddleback, but it is a new era and there are new things to be tried, uh, even in the life of Saddleback Church. And so um, I think one of the things I'm, I'm curious about before we jump into maybe uh, something more practical is one of the things I was thinking as, as I am thinking about our listeners, how do I ask questions? Am I, am I searching for clips within the sermon I already produced or Sally, are you recommending that I just start a whole new show with brand new content that's specifically for YouTube, uh, asking and answering some of these questions and and maybe shorter form, maybe these are like five minute answers or five minute videos, but, but are you asking me to do more work, Sally, or or how do you see me entering the game of starting to answer some of these questions on YouTube? I think it's both and, Aaron. Oh. I really do. I think that, and I think it's whatever you can do. Um, starting is better than perfection. <laughs> you know, action beats perfection every single time. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, I, I would much rather, I would much rather start with one little thing and build it than just wait. We We use this often. I use this with our team often is, I would rather build the plane in the air than be stuck on the runway. Yes. Um, we can we can sit on that right. runway and try to fix all those parts. We've all been there a million times. Now, I wouldn't suggest this. I wouldn't suggest going in the air without all the parts fixed if you were actually flying a plane. But the great thing about YouTube and a lot of what we do in church is um, it's not, you know, a, a failure is not going to set you back. A failure is not right. going to end your game. And so. I think it's both and I mean I if if I'm if I'm a church and I don't have a I don't have a team for this and it's on myself as the pastor of this church my first thing that I'm doing is the most simple thing and I I mean to me editing if you have a sermon that's already filmed and you have cameras and all that then you're advanced like to me that's right that's right clips and all stuff like that so if you have that awesome absolutely cut those sermon clips post them on YouTube shorts I mean you can get Canva is a free app you can, you can you can cut shorts. I mean, cut videos and post them on shorts. So if you already have that, awesome, do that. Um, but if you have nothing, you're a pastor. Start. I was talking to a church um, from Atlanta a few months back, and they have none of that. They have one pastor, one staff. Um, wow. You know, smaller church, maybe two, three hundred people. And the pastor's like, I, I just want to start. I, he knew. I love that he wanted to do this. And I said, first things, let's get. He has a fourteen-year-old daughter. Guess what? She knows how to work this cell phone. They bought a $9.99 tripod from Amazon, Absolutely. set up that tripod, put the camera, his daughter, like made sure that he hit record, made sure That's the right. lights were on, made sure he could hear him. 
and he preached a sermon. I don't remember what the topic was. And every single Monday morning, he would film another like little five minute follow up from the sermon. Like, hey, yesterday we preached on First Corinthians uh, 12, whatever. Uh, so I just want to share a couple more thoughts. And every pastor, they always want to make their sermon longer anyway, right? They always have more content. Right. So it's kind of like, hey, you can tell your congregation on Sunday, hey, this is a sermon. Tune in tomorrow on our YouTube, go to our YouTube channel. I'm going to share more. Um, so that those are, that's just one simple idea. But then another thing you can do, um, ask people in your congregation, ask your small group leaders, ask your staff, ask your volunteers, hey, what do you hear people are wrestling with? Like, do are we having a lot of marriage problems? Is our marriage yep. counseling coming up? Or is it maybe it's a, a lot of pre-marriage? Maybe a lot of couples are getting married. Maybe our churches, we have, you know, 80% of our churches singles and they're struggling yep. and dating. dating. Whatever yep. that felt need is, that's what that's I mean, that's our that's what a pastor is doing anyway. They're shepherding those hearts. And so now and instead of you're, you're not going to if you have 100 people in your church, you can't have coffee with 100 people every week. But you can hear that felt need and you can record those little short snippet videos that address those felt needs and then post them on your YouTube channel. Yeah, I want to add to that, Dallas. I think people are not considering this other piece. How powerful transcriptions are. You can take a transcription, and this is free. Please give me my credit for you guys using that. But do it. If your church produces uh, visual transcriptions for those who are uh, who who need that, right? You can take that transcription, load it into a software like ChatGPT, and have it produce content based on what's already been said by the leader that's been that's spoke, and it cuts your time in half. So one thing that ministry leaders don't have enough of is time. So we can get our time back. This is one of those ways added to what you've already stated that will help us reclaim the time. Absolutely. I mean, That's repurposing it. content, you just bring up such a great point, DK. I mean, there's so many ways to repurpose that Sunday sermon. And and you know what? What you're talking about to me is a great opportunity to involve volunteers, too, because Absolutely. The great thing about YouTube and blogs and social media and all that stuff is it's not, we all know this in church world, Sundays are coming. So like you got to have Sunday ready. We got to have the worship set list. That camera's got to be working. Pastor's got to have the sermon. Announcements got to be ready. That's very time sensitive. A lot of what we're talking about is not as time sensitive. So you can give a volunteer a project and go, hey, you heard the pastor preach exactly what you're saying, DK. Hey, go run with this chat GPT thing come up with the blog and you can give them a two to th most of the time volunteers are going to need a little more time because maybe this isn't mm -hmm. their full-time job. But you go, Hey, when you have some time over the next two weeks, get this done. It's not time sensitive. I have to have it overnight. Yep. Um, so mm -hmm. it's a great way. I think it's a great idea, DK. And it's a great way to empower volunteers to be a part of it too. Yep. Build that team. Absolutely. Sally, you're all about it. DK, I know you're all about it. Uh, I've been in plenty of situations in churches where, yeah, build, building that team is is vital. I'm going to pause the podcast here for a second and say, if you are and have the budget, a church, looking for help with this, this podcast is produced by our team at Amplify Social Media. Uh, and they do all of these things as well. You can go to amplifysocial.media slash churches, and you can see the packages that we have if you're looking for some professional help in this area, particularly with short form vertical video as it pertains to 2023 that is the most important thing that you can be creating yeah. and what you're learning about is the ideas that you should be creating 
those videos with? And those are questions because good news, whether it's on YouTube Shorts or on TikTok, the two most powerful university social media platforms, people are learning in 15 seconds and they're learning, as Sally said, in two minutes, how to open their trunk. Okay. Uh, Sally, That's as quite. you were saying that, so you can go uh, find our team at Amplify. They would love to help you. Uh, this is something you're interested in. Um, but Sally, when you were talking about you, you learn how to open your trunk in two minutes, the only thing I was thinking is, man, if she was on TikTok, she'd have learned that in 15 seconds. My younger team always harasses me about that. I need to learn more. Yep. I need to get more involved in TikTok. Uh, I, yep. I go to YouTube too. Uh, so I'm, um, I, I, my team would probably harass me about that as well. Um, but the behavior is there's a lot of learning that is happening on, on both of these. Cool. And, and, and so uh, I right. kind of transitioning into uh, some more nuts and bolts of creating these videos. Okay, we create the content. Cool. We've just given you a great reason to do it. Lots of great reasons. Uh, so we're, we're going to be done talking about that. You need to do that. Now, I've created the video, Sally. How am I making sure that it's getting in front of or at least creating the opportunity to get in front of those people who are asking those questions? Yeah, that's important, Aaron. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> Yes, um, it is. Everybody listen in. If you want your videos to be watched, someone has to click on them, right? Like just because right. you That's post right. it, somebody like it doesn't mean they're going to watch it. There's millions and millions of videos posted every day um, that don't get watched. And so how do you <laughs> increase your odds of your videos being watched? I think there's a couple of things. And um, number one is that thumbnail. The, the, the thumbnail is the actual cover image that you are using to post the video. And again, I don't want to scare anyone away. Like, what's a thumbnail? It's super easy. So many yep. ways. Again, once again, I'm a, you know, I, not sponsored by Canva, but I'm an advocate of them. Yep. Uh, get on there. They, you can create free YouTube temple, uh, thumbnail templates. Yep. You can, I mean, if you have someone in your church, like we talked about volunteer that can do yep. graphics or even pictures. Um, there's so many free apps out there. Um, you, I mean, you can Google them. In, inside of that book, I tried to make it a digital book resource. That way I put resources. You can actually click and go and people, yeah. the uh, sites will create a, um, a thumbnail for you. So there's, I mean, that's the most practical thing is you need a good thumbnail. And um, I don't remember the exact statistics, but there, I mean, a video, um, a video that you post with a custom thumbnail, like for your video, it could be a picture um, text, whatever is your increases of that thing getting viewed go way up. And so yep. if you're posting a Sunday sermon or a clip from a Sunday, I mean, you probably have pictures from your sermon. If not, again, pull out the cell phone, take a picture. Um, when that pastor was filming that five minute clip that is, I was just talking about his 14 year old daughter. I told her, Hey, get yourself on out. Cause you have the more advanced version, the iPhone 14, your dad still has the 11. So the camera's better on the 14. And right. I said, take a picture of him in front of and just in his living room, wherever he is in front of that thing, ready to go. And you can use that as your thumbnail, um, just as simple as that. And another big thing that's so important is how you title these videos. Um, that is, I mean, I have seen videos, our, our team, and again, let me just say this. So many of the things that I'm sharing, my own team has taught me over the years. Um, yeah. We had a guy that's worked with us in Louisiana and New York, and still, I still talk to him almost every day. 
Um, he works for Meta now. So I would love to get him back in the church. I don't know if we can pay him enough, but um, he taught me the value of the the name. I'll give you a great story. We did a concert with like CC Winans, Donnie McClurkin, Mar- Donnie McClurkin, Marvin Winans. We, I mean, amazing concert. Like you've got 30 Grammys between those three guys right there. Um, and we posted the video and like, we didn't get a ton of traction. I mean, we had right. like good amount of views and they go, well, him and the team are like, let's change the name up. Can we? And I was like, okay, great. They changed the name and within two months, and, and I'm saying this number, you got to understand that audience was a big audience. They had over 1 million views. That video is at 2.5. I still go back and look at it because I'm just so blown away of like, how did j- we simply change the name? Didn't change production, didn't make the video better, didn't you? Didn't hire a new person to mix the audio. He simply went in and edited the name of the video. And so that's my encouragement too, is what a great chance to try and experiment. If you post a video and you don't feel like you're getting enough traction, go in and change the name and change it to, or the title, excuse me. Um, and there's so many resources that'll help you on the web of like, how, what, what should I name my videos? And there's so many things. And I don't even know all the details of like the SEO and all, I mean, there, the, there's so many things you can tag your video and there's so many websites that you can go to research. And again, I have links to all this um, in our resource just so that you're not having to do the work of figuring out what those websites are. But yep. you can type in a topic. If you're if you're preaching a, a sermon on generosity, there's websites. You literally type in um, video name or blog name for generosity sermon or something. And AI will generate 10 names that you can use. Try one. If it doesn't work, try a different one the next day. So those are just a couple of practical things I think that are so important. If you're just coming in, you're listening to Sally Gillery drop straight gems on top of our noggin today, and we are so appreciative of her doing that. I think you made uh, mention of a couple of things that people just need to hear again, and that is the power of the user experience. How important that is that when we're trying to present or represent content uh, to the user. We want to make sure their experience is one that they'll always want to click and share. How can we create that for the end user? And you, you broke it down so eloquently. You tell them, hey, if you want to do that, look up other value ads already existing within YouTube, and it will show you that it's already been done. Or check out the photos and thumbnails that's been pre-created and try to emulate that in applications like Adobe and applications like Ego or Canva. And then lastly, well, not lastly, but the next one was the messaging that we want to get across. Yep. And what goes into that message is the title, but what goes into that title is value naming. And so having all of those things capsulate will give you a really rich user experience that will see your numbers go on the uptick. Now, I think the one part that we are missing, that is the power of overthinking and underproducing and how these two things impact productivity. And so, Sally, help the people when they're doing all of this and they're not really seeing what they need to see, help them understand that somebody is watching and somebody needs this user experience to go all further. Yeah, absolutely. Well, DK, you're an IT web guy, so user experience is big to you. I know you you know about this big time. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and I agree with you. I think 
Um, we all, I mean, think about this, like think about companies like Amazon. It's so easy for us, right? But we <laughs> know simple things like that are normally very hard to create. Actually, um, so I think part of it, it's, it's, it's getting started. Like Bobby Grunewald, right. I don't know if you guys have ever had him on the show, better of you, you version Bible app. Um, he has a great line that he uses with this team and how, cause how do you encourage innovation? How do you encourage people? Like you said, DK to just start, who cares if it's perfect, who cares if the production, but Bobby Greenwell tells this team all the time that, um, you can be, you can be slow if you're perfect. And since we know there's no perfect people, you better be fast. <laughs> and I love I just, it. So good. Bobby, Say it yes. again for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Bobby Greenwell, Bobby Greenwell says, um, you can be slow if you're perfect, but since we know there's no perfect people, you better be fast. I love that. <laughs> so somebody, that's a word for somebody that's right. that you just need to start. And it doesn't have you're yeah. gonna you're gonna keep trying and you're gonna keep tinkering and you're gonna say, Well, I need this lighting and this camera, and then it's gonna be a year later and people are gonna be talking about YouTube. We'll be talking about a new, a new social media trend. Um, but 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 just the just start. There's yeah. power in the start. First um, video is your worst video. What's Come that? On there. First video is your worst video. And That's if it's right. not, there's Come something on. wrong. That's right. Mr. Beast is the number one YouTube video guy in the world. Number one. And he'll tell you, I mean, I've heard interviews with him. Go back and watch his first videos. They're terrible. He'll tell you. It took a year before before his stuff. And he tried and they didn't get a lot of views and he kept trying. And, and like... We all know this. Everything in our life that's anything worthwhile takes time. You know, we all want to lose weight. New year, new me, right? I, I can't just go, you know, the 10 pounds that took me a year to put on, I'm not going to lose in a month. It's going to take me okay. a whole other year. So don't yeah. expect you get on YouTube. Like, just under, like, I think the biggest thing of starting YouTube is you're making a commitment to yourself, your church of going, God, I'm going to use this yep. new tool. Um, to reach yeah. you and, and YouTube's not going to do that. The Holy Spirit's going to change people. Yep. YouTube's not going to change people, yep. but all you're doing is you're saying yes to, I'm going to try a new way. And so, um, DK kind of going back to what you first asked is, um, done is better than perfect. Yeah. Done is better than perfect. And so I want to, if our goal is to, is to just reach lost people so they can be found right. because we believe heaven and hell are real and people really go there that i'm going to do anything craig rochelle says his church will do anything short of sin to reach mm -hmm. lost people and so if youtube is going to help me do that then i'm willing to put out a video that maybe i don't think is the best produced or yep. the best content whatever it's going i don't care it's worth it paul said I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be all things to all people so that some may be saved. And that's that's if I'm a pastor, I'm a church leader, a comms director, and I don't know what I'm doing, I don't have the resources. That's my encouragement to you: is just start, just start, and don't worry about being produced. Don't worry about being perfect. Just just try to get something out there. That's your step of obedience. Yeah. Powerful. I got one more question. Yeah, come on. All right. In your opinion. Especially when it comes directly. I think that's a mean position in church. Uh, that people are just kind of walking into the thing. But in your opinion, what are some of the skills that leaders need to develop as it relates to communicating to the younger generation? Yeah, that's um that's big, uh, because I think so often in 
on comms teams or creative teams, a lot of your staff and volunteers are the younger generation. They are because they're digital natives. They grew up with this stuff. They understand it, you know. Um, and I'm not saying you're not going to have volunteers and staff members that are older, but a lot of your innovative thinkers. And I mean, 90 percent of what we're talking about today, someone under the age of 25 taught me and I'm not 25. <laughs> so I need those people. Me neither. Yeah. So um, that's huge, DK. I mean, I would okay. say leaders who can't lead the next generation are going to be lost. They're going to be washed yeah. out because guess what? That next generation is coming up for the first time ever. I, I read a stat the other day. I believe Gen Z is almost the majority of the, of the hires wow. that are being made. Um, so, so that's so important. And I think there's a couple of things. Number one, um, there's there needs to be a sense of care around people. It's a it's not a do this job because I told you to. It's a hey, we want to. Um, God God gave you a skill set. God gave you a purpose. God gave you a wiring. So our job as leaders is to match up that wiring, not just like hey, we need you to do this because it's your job and we pay you a salary. No, we need to make sure that the people that we're hiring and the people on our teams are actually equipped for the skill we're asking them to do. Yep. Um, yep. And so that starts even in the hiring process and and asking those questions and figuring out. So that's very important. So making sure that we're putting people in spots that they can be successful in. Um, and then just and, and I think caring, um, caring for their for their whole selves, like, um, you know, now now it's we talk about people talk often about counseling and talk often about emotional health and spiritual health and and our whole and physical health holistically 10 years ago that wasn't common knowledge in workplace right. especially not on church staffs it was you know uh put your head down pray god's you know you can't feel that way god's 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 stronger than your fear god's stronger than your anxiety um i i think it's a great thing that now we talk about emotions emotions are real um yep. they're good indicate they're terrible dictators but they're good indicators wow. that's right or said that um so so as a leader being aware and being sensitive of those um but to me the churches are still behind on this by the way big, yeah. big time yeah, corporate america is figuring this out faster than uh churches absolutely but we have fancy it's harder in the churches because we have fancy words for it we have fancy words to disguise it but we're not talking about it yeah absolutely well, if I may, the reason there's no true discussion at it is because we try to sprinkle the Jesus glitter on a real problem. Listen, if somebody is struggling from an emotional standpoint, man, if you don't put that glitter back in your pocket, we don't need it. We need practical things, what Sally is presenting, to help us navigate life. And we can't overshoot our loads as you're mentioning, because we don't value the individual that we're leading. You know, that's not even biblical. That's right. That's right. And Sally, your background as a coach, your uh, background as a team builder, a recruiter, uh, walking with these women, right? There's so much power um, that you're now bringing to every team you come with in the future, because there's a lot of things that we learn about discipleship in a collegiate coaching setting right yeah. and so yeah. Yeah. i i yeah i think it's worth it the, the time that we've spent extra here talking about that especially because of the age demographic of who is executing on what we're okay. talking about within your church yeah this is a discipleship thing and we and ironically that within the church staff 
we need to get better at discipling ourselves and our staffs just as much as we're trying to disciple um, or even successfully discipling the people in the congregation. And, th and that's worth spending some time on. And, and Sally, I think you're the perfect person to have brought that up because you yeah. did that in a collegiate setting yep. with a team with young, with that age demographic of your players as they're figuring out their all their stuff, right? New life season, classes, playing, all of those things. And uh, discipleship is something that you're now bringing uh, into your role. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And DK, I'm glad you double tapped on it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, it's, it's, I know we've all heard this quote a million times, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's, that's kindergarten 101, but it's so true. And I think you're, you're exactly right. It's, our job is to disciple people and raise up leaders. And it's not so often I find, and we do this often in church, corporate, I see it all the time. Someone's very good at a skill. We put them in a leadership position, but I think I leadership itself is a skill that we don't maybe yeah. spend yeah. enough time talking about and developing. Yep. Um, it's because it's that's at the end of the day, every great, great coach, you know, no one's talking about, um, you know, Phil Jackson of like, oh, he made the winning shot in game seven, but they go, he was, wow, he took a bunch of superstars. No one's yes. saying Phil Jackson's a better basketball player than Michael Jordan, but he took a bunch of superstars and raised them up, led them, gathered them, encouraged them, motivated them, and elevated them to greatness. And I think, you know, Bad. that's yeah. all of our jobs in, in leadership. And going back to your question, DK, how do you, how do you kind of lead the next generation is, yep. You become a coach, not a manager. Nobody wants to be. Nobody wants to be managed. I don't want to be managed. I don't want someone managing me. I want someone coaching me. I want someone leading me. I want someone calling me to a place that I've never been. Seeing something for my own life that I can't even see for myself now, but because they're calling it out in me, I begin to see that for myself. And I think that's that's, that's the greatest privilege of what we get to do in leading people in our churches, on our teams, or whatever arena we're in. That was I'm free. Humble. That was free. We're talking about Believe. YouTube, but that was free. You're welcome for everybody yeah. listening. DK, yeah. you got a follow-up question on that? Because I got I got one that might bring us home. No, here. no. Go go for it, man. You're good. Okay. Sally, you put this this whole thing together. We don't want to we don't want to go too deep into it because we want people to get it, right? And at the end, you can let people know where they can get it, connect with you, all those things. But I'm curious, because you walked down that journey, and that's a huge journey. Anytime you're putting 85 pages of anything together, you walk down a journey. What was the most insightful thing or surprising, kind of fill in the blank, what what was that thing that you weren't expecting to find as you went down this road of figuring out YouTube strategy, putting it together, or, or maybe you did expect to find it, but it was really confirmed of like, oh yeah, they're like this, this is the piece of this document that's like the secret sauce. Yeah, that's a great question, Aaron. I think I, I know exactly what the biggest surprise was. Um, I, I was so surprised at how little I knew, to be honest with you. I thought, I mean, I had worked at two large mega churches. I thought we knew what we were doing in YouTube. I thought our team did a good job. I, I'm serious. And I thought, yeah, I know oh, you wow, are. It's going to be <laughs> great to help people. And then, you know, as you begin, as I begin to write this, I'm, I'm going, oh my goodness, I'm realizing how much I don't know. But, but uh, on the positive side of that, I realized there's so many people and resources out there that this is all they do. Their entire life's work is created to, how do you create a YouTube thumbnail? Their entire life work is, how do you create better descriptions? How do, and so 
it just opened up a, I mean, I, I, and I put some of these people that I started kind of learning from in the book of, um, just going, oh my goodness, they have such a broad knowledge base that we can pull into the churches. Like they're so, YouTube is such a different world. And I think sometimes it's so easy because we work in church. We say, well, this is how you use it in church, or this is how you use it in this arena, but no, we can use it all together. And I think, and, and I think the great thing about what I learned is the people we're trying to reach are already on YouTube. Like they're not waiting for our church to get on there so they can be a part of YouTube. Like they're already on there. We're the ones behind, you know? Yes. Um, So that was definitely a, that was a a good surprise for me. Ooh, that's powerful. Okay. You and your good surprises. That that was, that was a needed conversation. I think, because let me just speak personally. Uh, organizationally, that's kind of what we are in terms of discussing how we can better engage our YouTube audience. So using YouTube as the online church, as the invisible, no brick and mortar church has been one of those things that I've been really pushing more at to really engage, especially with the viewership that we've been experiencing over time. And so I, I think that's like super duper important to say, I don't know it all. I'm learning it. And here's how I'm applying what I know. Please go to Sally's website and pick up the ebook today. It's ready for you. It's ready. It's been ready. It's baked. It's good. All of that. Uh, yes. Sally, what, 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 where is that website? Uh, and by the way, as you're listening, we're going to have Sally rattle off a whole bunch of stuff here. This is all in the show notes of the description, wherever you're listening to on podcasts, this is in the description on YouTube. Uh, so don't feel like you need to take notes. Just just turn on the screen of your phone and click on that description section. You're going to find it. Sally, what is the best place to find that resource to connect with you? And then I got one more question to close this out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. The best place is just go to my website, sallygillery.com, and you will probably spell that wrong. So make sure you look on the show notes how to get there. <laughs> uh, but that's also, you can find me. That's my Instagram name, Twitter name. And I would love to connect. Like we talked about at the beginning, like we're all in this together and yep. whatever I can help with, I want to send me questions. I mean, I, I was on the call yesterday with a couple of large churches around the country, just picking their brain and so grateful for people who are willing to share. And so anything right. that I can do to help I want to and I want to learn from other people but yeah you can get the book there and I try to as I'm learning things for me when I write them out I actually I teach myself so I have some blogs on there and hopefully um here in the next few months I'll be able to write some more and um just kind of share some of what I'm learning love it Sally thank you for being on I got one question to close this out this is the social media church podcast what yep. is in 2023 your favorite social network Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think practically YouTube, it helps me do stuff. But you know, gosh, that's, you know, I I started on Twitter when it first started and I kind of went away for a while. Like when I was coaching, that's the only way you could talk to recruits was through DMs. I was big on Twitter and then I went away for a while. And then the last year or so, I've gotten big back into Twitter. Like I'm just learning. There's so much, so many smart people in there. I'm learning. Um, it's a great place to kind of share ideas. And so that's fun. Um, but I, but honestly, I hate that I have to say, I think my favorite though is Instagram. Um, I can, I like connecting with my friends and family and, um, I'm learning a lot on there too. So probably Instagram right now. 
Okay. That was a crafty way of getting a lot of them in there, but you you yep, did land yep. you did Thank land you. the plane. You did land the plane. I'm proud of you. DK and I are proud of you. Uh, DK and I are Twitter guys. DK, I gotta say, as I was every time I ask this question, I I, I val- do a self evaluation. LinkedIn is is growing on me, um, but but Twitter Twitter still takes the cake for me. LinkedIn, um, a lot of churches haven't tapped into it, and this is gonna be something that we probably need to put behind a Patreon page and put up. Yeah, all right so a lot of churches are not tapping into linkedin the two places i don't see people streaming their services it's linkedin and instagram now i know why they don't do it on instagram and that's partly because they cannot save the digital output but linkedin you can put it on your page and produce content and, and utilize that content repurpose is one of those words you've been hearing a lot Utilize that content and take it over to LinkedIn. Upload it to your page so people who are in business who would like to know more about your church can connect with it. Uh, I think we missed that opportunity, uh, that value add. And so that's something I've been exploring with my church uh, in terms of we've been streaming on Instagram the last four weeks. And it's been really, really interesting to kind of watch it being engaged with. Uh, but definitely LinkedIn and TikTok are on my radar to push all of them up further and help some content. Well, you follow Embassy City on LinkedIn and see what you could you could hold DK accountable here uh, for everyone that. listening. Do that. Uh, well, Sally, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your insight. This is the first, but this will not be the last time that no. we have you on the podcast. Uh, we appreciate you getting up a little bit early, even uh, over on the West Coast yeah, there to, to meet with DK and I this morning. Um, everyone listening, if you haven't yet subscribed to the social media church podcast, now is your time to do so. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, since we just talked about YouTube, this is where we post our podcast as well. Uh, this is reminding me, DK, we're going to have to talk about, uh, YouTube entering the podcast game as well. Uh, they've been in it for a long time, but officially coming out with an announcement about it, but make sure you subscribe, leave a review. That is how this content gets into the hands of people who are searching for how to help their churches on YouTube and social media. It's been a pleasure giving this content to you, and we will catch you again on the next episode.